Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. No my whakarongo mai ki extra time, ko Ravinda Hunia aho. This Saturday, the Warriors will kick off their NRL season in round one against the Canterbury Bulldogs at Mount Smart Stadium, but it hasn't been smooth sailing for the competition in general in its lead-up. Joining me today are RNZ Sports Specialists Matt Chatterton and Hamish Bidwell to discuss the NRL's rough start and, of course, the Warriors' chances of an inaugural NRL Premiership title. Matt, Hamish, thank you for joining me. Kia ora. So the season hasn't even started yet and the NRL's integrity unit has been working overtime with sex tape scandals, fines and multiple dealings with police. Is the Premiership, do you think, in disarray ahead of round one? And are you surprised with how it's been coming out pre-season? I'll go first on that one. Um, To be honest, it seems like every year we get to the start of the NRL, there's always something that's gone on in the off-season that manages to rear its ugly head just before kick-off. So this doesn't come as a great surprise. uh, And the fact that the integrity unit have been working extra hard uh, in the last month, again, no real surprise. They've always got their hands full with something that's been going on. it's never-ending with uh, the NRL, it seems. I, mm. I remember, Hamish, you did a piece for us uh, recently about how there seems to be a real culture issue over in Australia with those teams over there and the way they handle themselves. They call it the fishball, I think, in Sydney, where you know they're, they're always under the microscope, but they always seem to be doing something stupid, which is why <laughs> they're under, under a microscope. So, to be honest, yeah, I, I, I mean... Yeah, no surprises for me. How did you feel about it, Hamish? Yeah, um, appalled, but mm. not surprised. Um, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the prevailing culture they have in rugby league. And if we just I sort of broaden it out slightly, if you think about some of the popular shows that are on, I won't name the, the network or the, the host, but there's a host of a show who, while it was at Cronulla, was involved in a group sex thing in Christchurch that got out of hand and rape allegations mm. were the result of it. Now, those shows over there, they're smutty. They allude to, to sex, to drinking, to drug use, and we're all good blokes, we all have a good laugh, and ha-ha-ha, this is fantastic, this is rugby league. And that's cool in the gang if everything's fine, no women are hurt, no uh, videos are uh, distributed, and no laws are broken. But unfortunately, that seems to be the case on and on and on. And it comes back to that culture where excess, where grubby behaviour, where smut, uh, part and parcel of the whole thing, and the game lets itself down so badly. I know we're going to talk about about fans. Mm. It's embarrassing to be a rugby league fan. I think we're on this podcast because we, we love rugby league. We are fans, but you're ashamed to say it sometimes. You don't mention it in certain circles. People go, why would you watch that game? They're full of grubs. And that's, that's the issue that they have. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, at the same time, the NRL CEO is running around trying to you know, implement these harsher sanctions for these off-field incidences. Do you think right now it's enough? Has it gone too far right now? I'm too slow off the mark. These things have been going on forever. There are players who are been involved in off-season incidents who have been recidivist defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, offenders, I should say. Jared Hayne, he's been in trouble before. Ben Barber, Todd Greenberg was his CEO at the Bulldogs when there were allegations and photos of domestic abuse um, at his wife, and that's now lost him his contract with the, with the Cowboys. These things have gone on for a long time. The people running the game have known about them, and they haven't done enough to do it. I agree. It's... 
it's just ridiculous the amount of times that they're getting into trouble. It almost seems like they never seem to learn. Like I think back to a couple of seasons ago when Mitchell Pearce uh, went through his Australia Day shenanigans, they tried to call it. I mean, he, he essentially was performing a sex act on a dog. I mean, you'd hope that they would learn from their lessons, but clearly, uh, you know, as seasons go on, they don't. And there needs to be some sort of culture shift in, in this, organ- this organisation at the NRL and with the clubs as well, because clearly it's not getting through to the players. Mm-hmm. And we had David Howman on RNZ earlier this week who said that um, to make genuine change, uh, he believes that uh, in regards to sport organisations and corruption, that that it uh, has to come from the top down. And I agree with him even about situations that we're finding ourselves in or seeing across in Australia and here in New Zealand uh, where there are attitude changes that need to come and it does need to come from the top, in my opinion. As a woman, when I look at, you know, these charges and and the incidents that the Integrity Unit is dealing with, it worries me about the women's game being... It's only in its infancy right now with the NRLW, I think... That might be a reason why Todd Greenberg is perhaps pushing the point now, especially with that emphasis on uh, domestic violence on female and or children. But but that part of it worries me as well. Yeah, you're right. I mean... And again, Hamish, you've done a piece on this saying how these sporting codes love to say that you know they're inclusive and they're trying to help grow the game for women and whatnot in, in various sports both here in New Zealand, Australia and around the world but it really doesn't seem like that is actually the case. It, it feels like they're letting them down time and time again. I mean you obviously feel that way Hamish? Yeah agonise wouldn't probably be the word but I certainly had an eternal debate with myself about whether uh, to put Severus in my Super Rugby Team of the Week um, this week on Monday because you know Connor torn up, tore up his contract because of domestic um, abuse uh, charges, but New Zealand Rugby and the Crusaders immediately threw my lifeline. Like, what message does mm-hmm. that send to your female workforce? Does it say we condone that? It does to me. Mm-hmm. And so, if I include him in a Form 15, if he plays well, am I condoning it? I mean, I don't, are we all complicit? It's really, it's a really hard one. And because there's no leadership at the top, because no one at, at NZR, for, in this instance, isn't saying, look, Sevu, it doesn't matter whether you're a good bloke or a good player, we can't have this, we won't tolerate it, you don't have a contract here. The rest of us just have to sort of almost toe the line. It's as, as you mentioned, Matt, organisations at the top have to get real about whether they actually do want to look after women, whether they respect them, whether they have any interest in them. Because at the moment, their actions often suggest otherwise. As you already mentioned, Hamish, you know, the fans are also sitting back and watching this all unfold, um, either from their couches or in the stands. How will this affect the sports fan base? And do you think there is now a responsibility to reconnect with them, Matt? What do you think? Yes, I think that that is the case. I mean, it's just it's it's quite it's quite frustrating, really, being a fan of of the sport because you want it to do well. And I mean, it's all in New Zealand in particular. It's always been second fiddle to rugby, and you know, it's easy to get behind the Warriors and fall out of love with the Warriors quite easily when they're performing, you know, badly. But we do want them to succeed. But that comes both on and off the field. Mm-hmm. They have to be doing the right thing. And I know and the Warriors, to their credit, they've They've been pretty good this, you know, last season and a half or whatnot. I mean, they've had their share of scandals, shall we say, in the last uh, over the years, but they've they've been pretty good lately. And I mean, I think the Warriors fan base is probably 
doing okay. I mean, obviously we had the Sean Johnson um, scenario over over the uh, break. That's now finished. Um, but on the whole, NRL, I think yeah, they're they're trying to make changes to the competition, and like we've seen, that's been uh, poo pooed by fans. Um, and obviously, all these off field incidents aren't helping as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are fans in Australia who are genuinely you know turning away from it. Uh, um, from what's been going on uh, in the off-season. We're protected from it here. In New Zealand, there aren't the atrocities, the sort of the weekly headlines of, of bad behaviour. Um, I think the clubs in Australia probably have some work to do, and I'll be interested to see what crowds are like here. Uh, there, I should say, but in New Zealand, there's that hard call to support the Warriors, and then there's everyone else who jumps on board when the team plays well. So, I mean, if the team play well, people will be interested in rugby league, and if they don't, it'll just sort of pass by with, with barely a murmur, and we'll talk about rugby and, and whether the All Blacks are going to win the World Cup, etc. Yesterday, we found out there was a suspension with the Warriors this week with Isaiah Papali'i out with a drink-driving offence. Now, the uh, Cameron George, the CEO of the Warriors, has said that it was a, um, a low-rate um, offence, um, but it's enough to suspend him for the weekend. Did this catch you, Matt, and Hamish off surprise? This is this sounds terrible to say, but drink driving seems to be quite a you know a rite of passage in New Zealand. Almost everyone I know seems to have some sort of connection to alcohol and driving, which is quite sad to say. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's again, that's probably quite a big societal issue we've got there going on with drink driving. Uh, I understand it was after an event. Uh, he decided to drive home. Obviously, you can't condone that behaviour. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know the, the full story behind what happened. Yeah, he probably does deserve to sit out the week, to be honest. Um, possibly more, depending on what the circumstances were. But, yeah, I think that's probably the right move by the Warriors. If they'd actually front-footed it, though, instead of hiding behind, mm. um, the I guess, the veil of secrecy yesterday when we were on to that story and they wouldn't uh, come out and admit it, was quite infuriating for yourself, I can imagine, Ravinda chasing that story. So if they'd front-footed, I think it would have been uh, preferable. But, um, yeah, at least one week is probably the right move. Yeah, I admire them for it. I think they were a club that stood for nothing, that had no values, and that's uh, translated into the way the team played as football. Um, I think they're getting themselves organised. They're getting rid of people that they don't think are worthwhile or on board, and they are being really proactive in saying, these are the standards that we have, and if you fall foul of those standards, you can leave or you can sit out. And it's a shame when players play up, it's, but it's an inevitable kind of a thing. You mentioned the whole you know drink driving culture that exists or it did exist in New Zealand. I mean that's that's a fact. Mm. Um, but the fact that the Warriors they don't need to be shamed into it. They actually decided off their own bat, look, pal, you're not playing this week. They made it more cloak and dagger than they needed to. That was probably silly. But the fact that they weren't shamed into saying there's a problem here, you must act, as the NRL are doing, sort of after the fact, the Warriors actually got on on the front foot and said you won't play and I, I admire that. Now although coach Stephen Kearney didn't want to talk about the incident or player suspension he had plenty to say about off-field conduct and the season ahead. I work off the back of you know what you know what we've been you know, how we've worked during the pre-season and you know, that's the you know, how I gauge I guess you know where we're at and you know the guys have you know worked extremely hard uh, over the course of the, you know, the last 18 weeks and you know, we've you know put some um, subtle adjustments in place that we think are going to help us uh, from a game sense. Um, you know, obviously a couple of you know, new personnel changes. You know, I don't so I'm you know, super confident. I'm happy with where the group's at, but um, you know, it's making sure that we prepare well to perform well on Saturday. I think you know probably the players would be the best people to ask about that. You know, I just don't want you know to 
we've, I know what works at a footy club and I've got a pretty good idea I think what works at a footy club and you know if you're carrying on like a you know an idiot you know then it doesn't you know it doesn't work and uh, um, so you know, that's probably you know my biggest you know uh, teaching or lesson to the lads you know away from the footy field is it's about being sensible and um, you know we have a you know, certain responsibility in the community making sure that you know we, we do the right thing and, you know it's not that hard. The side are without a few key members, uh, namely Sean Johnson leaving, Simon Mannering retiring, Isaac Lucas injured from his shoulder operation. So we'll start with you, Matt. We've got our new Australian player stepping into Sean Johnson's shoes, Adam Kieran. Can he get the job done, do you think? By all accounts from what I've read and seen of the pre-season, it sounds like he's a pretty safe pair of hands uh, there in the halves with Blake Green. I guess what will probably be a challenge is actually keeping Green fit for the season because by the looks of it, if he goes down, we are very, very uh, shallow in depth, shall we say, in, in the halves. So um, I think I think Adam will will do okay. We'll, I mean, we'll see obviously on on Saturday. Is it Saturday the first game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, uh, at Mount Smart. So I think he'll be all right. I don't want him to just try and be Sean Johnson. If he if he just does his core role well, I think he'll he'll go uh, well for the Warriors. It looks good on paper. Like aside from Johnson, who in my opinion was overrated, um, <laughs> was probably is, is actually looking quite good. So. I'm 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 confident they'll actually do quite well against the Bulldogs this weekend. Mason Lino was a big omission for me. I wasn't a Johnson enthusiast. I thought he was an impediment to success. Agreed. His attitude smacked, mm. smacked of all the things that were wrong with what the Warriors had been, and, and and he was the antithesis of what of what Kearney and Cameron George are trying to create. And Brian Smith. So I'm glad he's gone. Mason leaving that was a real blow. I think they should have fought hard to keep him. I don't think they're adequately served in the halves with Kieran coming in. Um, Doubly so with Isaac Luke being out for a bit with his shoulder injury. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tohu Harris ends up at six at some point. I think that might be a decent stopgap measure. He's a he's a big body, uh, good defensively, not the best hands and not a kicking game, but he won't make any mistakes. And I think that's something that Cooney's teams are uh, often known for. He's a big completions man. He likes to play in the right area of the field. And Johnson was sort of he brought he brought brilliance, but he also brought errors, and they mm. run did a lot of the work that Cooney's game plan was around. So as long as Kieran can carry out the game plan Cooney wants, he'll hopefully go OK. Um, I, I do think their issue is going to be up front. I, don't, I think James Gavitt is a big loss. I don't think they're going to go forward enough. And that's where halves and, and hookers and things like that really get put under pressure. I just want to also raise on the, on the Johnson thing and mm-hmm. sort of touch on something more Hamish said. I, I totally agree with what Hamish said about um, Johnson. Going to press conferences with him for 2016 and 17 and 18, a little bit while I was there, he was the epitome of pain in the ass to be honest um, you'd go to you'd go to these conferences and he would just walk in with an attitude and you just knew that you were going to go up against it the entire time you were there and I felt I totally agree with what Hamish said he was everything that that uh, Stephen Kearney and Cameron George didn't want so I think that is probably a, a blessing in disguise mm. uh, that he has disappeared there yep. was I saw Stephen Kearney on television this morning and again we'll leave out station and host names and he was asked the question are you going to miss Sean Johnson are the Warriors going to miss Sean Johnson he ducked and dodged that question with everything he had (laughs) but he wasn't he did not shy away from saying how much is the opposite for Simon Mannering Mm, yeah I I did love him one day I nearly I would have reached out and kissed him the night he said you got what you wanted after the first (laughs) 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 first I was 
I was euphoric. I used the, the quote as my intro for my story that I wrote that night. I just, I absolutely got what I wanted. I got a petulant, silly little boy who made a fool of himself <laughs> during the game and afterwards. I loved him for that. I wish him all the best at Cronulla, but yeah, yeah I'm glad that the Warriors have sort of a, a new future, so to speak. So mm. I sort of probably actually agree with Hamish. Like the backlines are not really the problem here. That that backline is probably the best on paper, but the forward pack has always been the Achilles heel of the Warriors. So mm. if they're not getting momentum up front, they're, they're the back line's not going to be able to get to do what they want to do. So, I mean, yeah, Roger Tuivasa, Sheik Dali M win it. Like, I'm hoping that he's going to have uh, big meters again this season. David Fusatua and uh, Kim Amalo, again, both world-class wings. So, And Solomon Akata and Peter Hiku in the in uh, the centres there are mm. both very handy footballers, but it'll be all on how the forwards uh, go. I mean, if they can get that go forward, I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see what uh, the, that Warriors backline can do. But yeah, it starts up front for me. Yeah, the back three will start sets really well, but the issues you'll have a uh, Hiku can be a defensive turnstile. Uh, Kata can be the greediest player in the history of mankind. Now that he's <laughs> shifted sides and he's playing next to Fussy Tua. That's a, a bit of an issue because I mean that's a it's a massive attacking weapon for them. Uh, David, and, and, and so when he's if he's not getting the service, and you know they might struggle. Yeah, and we've mentioned the halves. I just yeah, the, the back three are good, and they carry strong, and they're big guys. But you know they're good on kicks, attacking kicks. I think yeah, it's going to come down to whether guys who were back rowers once upon a time like Parsi and Arfoa can go forward at prop. Sonny is a guy who has had potential but not quite delivered on it. He's got to be on the bench this week. They brought Lisa Armowan. I'm not sure that he's actually that good. Torla. Hard worker, that kind of stuff, but not not a big line breaker, not the guy who's going to punch big metres. So I, I don't want to be a broken record about it, but I do think the pack is going to potentially cause some problems this year. I mentioned on Cutter there, um, I always found him a bit of a liability on defence, particularly when we were on our own try line. Um, well, he would rush up. He, he would. He rushes you know, up. He, he rushes. On the guys, confidence in the guys outside of him. He would rush up get beaten and someone would score in his corner. Exactly. That's that's one thing I hope that Cooney's managed to iron out of him in the off-season is try and get rid of that because that was a real liability for us. So fingers crossed that he is not going to pull that off this season. I'm a little hesitant to ask this final question now, but um, in 24 seasons, the Warriors have made the top four twice. What do you feel their chances are this year? Will they make the finals or where do you think they will lie by the end of the season? Struggling big time. They're lucky with a... They've got a soft start. They've got the Dogs, the Tigers, Manly and the Titans to kick off. And none of those teams are top eight teams in my book, so that should give them some momentum. Um, they've got great people off the park, so they're a really good organisation who are doing positive things and going in a good direction, but I don't think this year they've quite got the talent. Um, the Johnson thing is an issue. It's going to be a short-term problem, but hopefully long-term it's going to benefit the club. But I think for this year... The playoffs look a bit hopeful. I would like to say they'll make top eight, but I I do think it'll be it'll be a tight race in my opinion. I think like that, yeah, I could I could easily see them finishing ninth or tenth. I'd really like to see a big season from Isaac Luke as well. I forgot to mention. Um, I I really think that he is a bit of a key to our success this season. So if he can sort of get that form that he was starting to get back to last season, I think. Um, that'll be good. I know he's had a shoulder injury, but if he can sort of pull through and really hit his stride this season, which he tends to do when he's uh, looking for a contract at a, at a certain <laughs> club, um, yeah, I think that'll that'll 
only do good things for the Warriors. If they make the top eight, it'll be eighth in my opinion. Matt and Hamish, thank you so much for joining me this week. Just a quick mention to the women's Warriors trialists who will be on show in a closed trial at Mount Smart Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Coach Luisa Avaiki will be closer to selecting her squad for the upcoming NRLW season. Remember, you can keep up to date with all of RNZ Sports Stories at radionz.co.nz and check us out on Twitter at RNZ Sport. Thanks for listening. Hey, Kona. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.